0: I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy.
1: I'm Corwin Heller.
0: And we are joined today by a special third guest. Uh, Our third seat is is occupied for a change uh, by host of the show, uh, She's in Focus, which is a podcast that can be found on uh, YouTube and other platforms, uh, as well as uh, the fiance of one of the two hosts of this show, uh, and that is Kel Grant.
2: Yes, and to clarify, I am the fiance of Joshua. Uh, I love Corwin. Hi, I'm Kelly.
0: You too, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, and Kella's is, is here in part because she is uh, a wonderful guest and in part because since I watch all these fucking movies, she watched all these fucking movies too. Uh, so we thought it would be uh, useful to have uh, a third voice, especially one that is accustomed to staring at computer screens and talking into microphones. Yeah, I didn't do so. all
2: that work for nothing. So let's get, let's get it going.
0: Now, let me tell you, folks, this year it was work. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I figured, uh, Corwin, I'm going to just drop it in the chat so that you're looking at the same page I'm looking at. But I figured maybe the easiest way to do this would be to take the IMDb uh, 2022 Oscars page and just work our way up, starting from the bottom with breezing through the categories and whatnot. Um, so I sent from it to the you. Bottom now we're here. Because what I love about IMDb is that they include the honorary Oscars, which I never hear about in advance and don't know what some of these are. So there's an Oscars fan favorite, which went to Army. You of know the what
1: dead. we need? I need to jump in here. Uh, I already see that there's something not on here that I would like to start with, which is the top five most cheered for moments uh, in film, which I think needs to be discussed because of the fact that uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League won when the Flash runs. Oh, no, that's here. Focus. That's here. That, that, is? that is
0: on this. Yeah. If you scrolled oh, it's, uh, it's right there, Oscar's cheered moment. Yeah. Literally the second yeah. thing. Cool. I know how to read. <laughs> Past two. Yeah. So what? what is it? Keep going. Sorry.
1: It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. I'd need to know what the criteria was and who voted on this. Well,
0: and that's so, what did I'm you wondering. see
1: it? Did you see it live?
0: No, I didn't watch it live.
1: It I uh, just I need to find the nominees because it's unreal how stupid it was.
0: Well, and, um, and and that's what I was gonna wonder with the um the the Zack Snyder film Army of the okay. Dead winning Oscar's fan favorite. Who are the fans? Yeah,
1: yeah. why is that a right.
0: is, is that a statue?
1: There were five nominees for this, or they counted down from five. I don't think there were nominees, I think it was just this was the top five. Uh, top five most cheered for moments. Keanu Reeves' bullet time backbend in The Matrix. Jennifer Hudson singing And I'm Telling You from Dream Girls, Captain America saying Avengers Assemble during Avengers Endgame. The three Spider-Men team up from Spider-Man No Way Home. And the Justice League, Flash runs through Speed Force was your winner. <laughs> what is the criteria here? So it's not my, like it's from this year.
0: No, and that's the <laughs> other thing I can't really wrap my brain around with Army of. Uh, the dead either. And we're not look. we we don't have to burn too much time on this. It, it, very much. So it have. feels like the, the Oscars trying to do the thing people keep telling the Oscars to do, which is be more relatable, give more awards to movies. People go out to the theater to see, which is an easy thing to say in a vacuum, except for when the fact that those movies aren't usually good enough to win Oscars in the first place, which is why the Oscars exists as a ceremony. Um, so this feels like some kind of compromise to be like, hey, We know all those cool moments in cinema, too. We just don't have anything really good for him. But they accidentally, I guess, give Zack Snyder two Oscars by this logic. And man, that doesn't feel right for me at all.
1: There's no way they got an actual Oscar award for this. I I, well, because so the,
0: the next two categories after the Oscars cheer moment and the Oscars fan favorite is the Gene Hirschholt Humanitarian Award, which is a really big, meaningful award. Like that gets you an Oscar statuette. So I, I I don't fucking know, but I'm pretty sure this now means that Zack Snyder has two Oscars sitting in his house like it has to mean that. So and, anyway, unless oh you God, have anything it, else I, creative to say, it, about it. it does. Yes, it does.
1: That's it's the it. most bullshit fucking thing I've ever seen. <laughs> what I know the fuck. I
0: know.
2: I don't know if I could get myself two Oscars just by making a or having a, a cheerworthy moment in a film. I think I would definitely.
0: Well, Z- yeah, that. Zack Snyder is not complaining. Right. <laughs> Zack Snyder, no one's going to go to Zack's house and be like, hey, what are those for? He's just going to say, shut the fuck up. It's like, it's like the equivalent of having a daytime Emmy versus a primetime.
2: That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Look, you know, this, this technical- is it fair. Is-
1: I don't think it is fair.
0: Whatever. So the next one. If you one... go to
1: the page of the Army of the Dead, it has one one Oscar, and that is just a banner that needs to be removed.
0: Oh my god! It does. That's fucking. Wow. Ridiculous. There's no caveat there. That's insane. Oh my god! That's absolutely in... okay. Well, all right, all right. Look, we'll have to revisit this another time because there's so much other stuff to get through.
1: All uh, right. Okay
0: the gene hersholt humanitarian award uh which is given out almost every year um this the year it went to danny glover whom we might know from roles such as lethal weapon and honestly if you gave me if you made me give you roles that danny glover was in that were not lethal weapon i would have a hard time but hey he was murtaugh in lethal weapon um apparently he does a lot of good charity work i have no idea It's part of the reason that makes the idea of the oscars great though their celebration terrible is that I would love to know more about why Danny Glover won this award. And yet, uh, no idea. Did I don't know? Did you watch the awards? I did. Yeah. Didn't see this. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because part of it wasn't televised. So and the other part, but they they do so much stuff off camera. I guess. Yeah.
1: Like I saw the Samuel L. Jackson tribute, which spoiler alert, coming up next, and I saw some of the other predetermined awards, but I never saw that one. I didn't I didn't watch it till the very end. Which we'll get through. But, right. Uh, did not see this award.
0: All right. Well, so shout out to Danny Glover. Honorary Oscar Awards uh, generally considered for your contribution to film. This year went to Samuel L. Jackson, as Court had mentioned, which is the only one I knew of. I didn't realize that uh, Elaine May also was uh, awarded an honorary Oscar. Uh, she worked she was nominated for uh, primary colors for writing back in 1998 and for best writing for heaven can wait back in 1979 uh, had been a regular contributor and, and you know, person creating film ever since then pretty much she worked on Ishtar, small time crooks, a new leaf, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but also Liv Ullman won an honorary Oscar, which is so cool because I fucking mm. love Liv Ullman. And I had no idea she was winning an award. And we, uh, we did autumn snot on here. Yeah. And I'm I'm not sure if we've done other which other Ingmar Bergman films we've done, if any. But she's amazing. In if you go to her IMDb page, the first few things listed are Cries and Whispers, Persona, Autumn Sonata and The Emigrants. I've seen all of them. They're all fucking amazing. And she is phenomenal in them. Um, and I absolutely wish that the Oscars were better at um saying who was going to be awarded stuff because I might have made more of an attempt to watch it to see Liv Ullman win an award. But oh, well, I guess I'll go fuck myself. But hey, shout out to Samuel Jackson, too. I mean, that's super good. Dude's been un like he has been constant uh, doing everything he wants to do and being one of the best parts of it nonstop for decades. Mm-hmm.
1: Purple lightsaber.
0: All right. Let's get into the actual awards then. So the next one up, the first one up at the, from starting from the bottom, that's an actual like Oscar, Oscar is the best international feature film. Uh, Only going to talk about this for a hot second because we did actually watch two of these movies and we watched the one that did end up winning, which is Drive My Car from Japan. The other one that we watched in this category was The Worst Person in the World. Again, I had said last week, this is a category we wanted to get to more extensively, but did not get to. So the other nominees that we did not watch are Flea, uh, the Hand of God and Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Uh, what do you think about Drive My Car winning here, uh, I guess, over The Worst Person in the World, since that's our only reference point? Um, I mean, I think
1: it's fair. I mean, we enjoyed Worst Person in the World. We both thought, thought it was a very good movie, but I also think both of us gave the consensus of or reached the consensus of Drive My Car was a excellent movie that was a favorite for best picture overall. Worst person in the world wasn't quite there. Um, and so I don't really think this is outrageous in any sense of the word.
2: I don't know. i really liked the worst person in the world. Um, I thought cinematically, it was also better than drive my car. Um, and I don't know, I was just more captivated by the story in the worst person in the world i think it was more relatable um yeah i, okay, I was so
1: racist because she likes the movie about white people
2: clearly <laughs> clearly that's what that means i don't know i mean i just remember being captivated by the first like five to ten minutes of the worst person in the world to like joshua and i turned to each other and we're like this is really good so far like we were that was the first movie that we'd watched out of most of the picks where we were like okay this is really captivating and you're you're immediately engaged in the story um and so for a movie to like hook me in the beginning like that and to to keep my interest through the movie i I was really impressed by that whereas drive my car i mean i i typically have trouble with foreign films anyway um just because I like to watch my movies instead of read them. Um, so I i don't know. I guess maybe just the worst person in the world was a little bit more uh, not like relatable and attainable for me to, to follow. But yeah, I would have picked the worst person in the world, personally. But the world does not agree with me.
0: So. Well, the Oscars committee anyway, yeah. which is a very small subsect mm. of the world. Uh, I, I think Corwin's probably right. Um, this was definitely a uh, well, we're not giving you best picture. <laughs> so instead, like I'm pretty sure that was the same rationale when we had talked about Parasite. I'm pretty sure, Corwin, both you and I had said, oh, they're not actually going to give Parasite best picture. So they'll probably just give it best foreign film. And then they ended up actually giving it best picture, which, which kind of ruined what we were thinking there. But I, this was, this was, I had, I'm not surprised by this for that exact logic of a foreign films nominated for best picture. We're not actually going to give it that though. So we'll just give it best international film uh, instead. So.
2: What is the rationale behind that?
0: Uh, it is exceedingly, exceedingly, exceedingly rare for an international film to win best picture. I cannot emphasize the word exceedingly enough because the only one I can think of twice is Parasite. Romo one, right? Oh, yeah, Uh, I guess. Do we did it? It must. uh, You said it, so I'll believe it. Um, And I guess that is is
1: not the way we should we should be going about life. Josh.
0: (laughs) regardless, if the only examples we have in the 70, 80 years of Oscars history that we can recall offhand is about two movies. Not a not a great not a great uh, I don't know, sample size,
1: but Roma regardless, three Oscars. I clicked on the wrong link. It really doesn't matter at this point, but I'm dragging it out. Best foreign language, best achievement in directing, best achievement in cinematography.
0: So no, no but no best picture.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I I think I wouldn't be surprised. I don't remember who won that year, but I wouldn't be surprised if I had the same logic for Roma, too, because I remember loving Roma and knowing it would get relegated to just winning best foreign language film. But again, things that don't matter.
1: um, The Artist.
0: Oh, my God. That was the same year as The Artist?
1: No, but Artist won Best Picture and was made in France.
0: But it's a silent film, so it can go fuck itself.
2: Anyway, okay.
0: was Belfast not a nominee it was so English it language. They, they differentiated this a long time ago. It's not foreign in that it's made in a different. Otherwise, a Canadian film would be a foreign film, even if it's spoken predominantly in English. So it's about the language spoken. Okay. All right. Uh, Best live action short film. We didn't talk about the short films. I'm just going to shout out the winners real quick. Just as we move through these, the winner was The Long Goodbye by Anil Karia and Riz Ahmed. So Riz Ahmed collects his first Oscar or sorry, second Oscar, as we just talked about him last year, winning his first Oscar for acting in Sound of Metal.
1: I just want to say I the second they won. I immediately jumped to, oh, they gave it to Riz Ahmed because people know who Riz Ahmed is. Uh, I mean, yeah, (laughs) people will be able to recognize it on TV. That's the only thing I could think
0: of. Uh, Honestly, sound logic. Yeah. Uh, Best animated short film went to the windshield wiper for for um, on behalf of Alberto Mielgo, Leo Sanchez and sorry, Alberto Mielgo and Leo Sanchez Barbosa. I thought there was a third name there was not Uh, best animated feature film went to Encanto for Jared Bush, Byron Howard, Yvette Marino, and Clark Spencer. Uh, actually, this is the only movie from this group I watched. Did, I don't know. Did you see any of these movies, Corbin?
1: Uh, I've seen clips from the Mitchells versus the
0: Machines. I've
1: seen I haven't the clips that seen appear any. in
0: the advertisements on, on, <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I guess we didn't watch anything else, so. Uh, Best Documentary Short Subject went to The Queen of Basketball for Ben Proudfoot. Uh, Best Documentary Feature went to The Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised for Questlove, Joseph Patel, Robert Five Valent, and David Dinerstein. Uh, all right. And now we get into some movies that we actually did watch. Uh, Best Achievement in Visual Effects went to Dune Part 1 for Paul Lambert, Tristan Miles, Brian Connor, and Gerd Nefser. Uh, look, I I've seen three tell I I've seen three of these movies, two of these movies. It doesn't this was going to go to Dune the whole way through.
1: I would have been very upset if it didn't. The rest were just kind of like, oh, those look nice and they blend well and they're colorful. But Dune was like monumental in its feats.
0: Well, that and different, I think, because I think one of the uphill battles a movie like Shang-Chi and uh, Spider-Man No Way Home have is that it's like, yeah, uh, these are Marvel's like 27th and 28th movies. What Whatever they're doing, there, probably not horribly different from a vision perspective, an art perspective or a technical perspective than movies uh, 17 through 24. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if there's also a little bit of like uh, maybe voter fatigue in those areas or a general malaise around just constant exposure. So where Dune's like, hey, that's different. It's not Marvel. So wouldn't be surprised for that too. Whoosh. Plus it's good. Uh, all right. Best achievement in music written for motion pictures. Original song went to... Uh, No time to die for Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. We had actually seen almost all the other nominees for this category. Uh, So I guess Lin-Manuel Miranda not getting his EGOT as he, uh, I guess, didn't win the Oscar in either category. Uh, At least he wasn't listed for the Encanto one that I thought he was going to be listed for. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what song this is. What he didn't he direct Encanto. But I don't know if you do get an Oscar. Like his name wasn't one of the names I read for best animated feature film. He has so, to
1: get it if he directed the movie that won best picture for a category. I mean,
0: but be, but best picture usually goes to to producers, not directors.
1: So You're telling me Steven Spielberg never won a best picture award?
0: I'm saying Steven Spielberg produces his
1: own movies. Oh. OK, well, you clearly know more about Steven Spielberg and his career than I do.
0: Like and um, I hate um, to invoke the name, but it's one of the only producers I know with a glistening record of winning Oscars. Uh, there Harvey Weinstein there. has 81 Oscars and never directed that's shit. But that's because he produced all the movies. Um. But anyway, moving on. Best achievement in music written for motion pictures original score. Uh, This one also went to Dune. So that's already two for Dune right off the jump. Uh, Oh, hey, we saw all these other movies. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember the score. to like any of these other movies. And I just finished watching one of them about 15 minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, Dune, Hans Zimmer. Cool. Yes. Best achievement in makeup and hairstyling. This one went to the eyes of Tammy Faye for Stephanie Ingram, Linda Dowds and Justin Raleigh. Uh, Corwin, I know Cal didn't watch this movie because I just watched it today as well. Did you end up getting a chance to watch it? Um, Yeah, sure. I had a chance. Uh, I didn't, though. That's fine. Uh, It'll come up more when we talk about the actress category. But yeah, this movie is basically about a woman who is uh, caked in makeup and hair products. So I'm not surprised. Uh, And from the clips that I've seen of the real life Tammy Faye, they did a very good job. And as we've talked about, In the brief conversations we have about this category, the Oscars do love a good, that person was real, um, win for for this category.
1: The fact that scrolling through these clips and I can't tell that that's Jessica Chastain, um, sure, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Give it to them.
0: Yeah, and again, the, the Oscars will go like nine times out of 10 with you made a person look like another person that was real that we can look at pictures of versus uh, you could have fucked this up entirely. And we have no idea because this is a made up individual. They'll, they'll go with category A every time.
1: So really want to know what the criteria was that coming to America reached like what? What earned that nomination?
0: They made James Earl Jones look still alive when he's been dead for years. Say say. <laughs> <Let's
1: see>. OK. <laughs>
0: uh best sound went to dune i have so little to say about this this i never i looked that up to double check
2: (laughs) also (laughs) sorry what is best set what is best sound
0: Uh, sound editing essentially oh
2: okay all right did you
0: mix it well yeah
1: (laughs) quinn also asked what the difference was and like trying to like figure out the minute differences to like explain it it's like uh well it's like everything that's not the dialogue, but also not really. Um...
2: But also not the music or the score. Right,
1: yeah, like it's <laughs> right. just, just, just like the, the, the sound, sounds right.
2: the of sound editing. The... yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, did you, did your fucking um, ADR look convincing? Did, did the added sounds that you have to insert make sense? Did, uh, you know, the really did the mixing of everything make sense? Are you able to hear the dialogue over the music? You know, like, it, it, that, that's a high level from my very base understanding of what this category is. But there's so much to understand with sound design that, man, I'm not equipped to even begin to co- you know, talk about. I'm just going to.
2: Well, typically, if you don't notice it in a film, it's done really well.
0: But that's what I'm saying. I don't know what mean, what makes that so good that you don't. win the award. Oh. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the, I don't know what the difference between good and great is.
2: Mm.
0: I know good is you don't notice it. I don't know what makes it, like, I, we, all three of us watched Belfast, no idea why that's in this category. (laughs) Could not tell you, you know?
2: I, the only thing that came to mind was that Dune would have gotten it because there's a lot of sounds that you couldn't have captured live like between the like the, the space shuttle jet thing that was comes say, down we, we and, the, and the sand and all that shit. Like, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like we
0: uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. No fucking clue, though. Like, you know what I mean? Like we we just. Hey, if that was the reason I'd be like, absolutely. That makes total sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we don't fucking know.
2: and I know. agree.
0: Like, like that's well, yeah, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Uh, okay,
2: this makes total sense to me.
0: So, for people who aren't in my fucking living room. I was going to conti- continue <laughs> you
2: with my sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> best achievement in costume design. Well,
1: Kel, you actually have control over that. So,
0: <laughs> best achievement in costume design went to Corella for Jenny B- Beaven. What what makes total sense about this, Kel?
2: Because the costumes in Corella were fucking fantastic. That's why I think it's because I was, when I was looking at it in the makeup and, and hairstyling category, I was like, well, this doesn't make sense. It would make sense if they run for like wardrobe or something like that. And that appears to be this category. So this is why I think it belongs here. But then also looking at Dune, Dune was really good. West Side Story was really good. And I, I didn't see Cyrano, <laughs> but um based on the previews the costume design also looked really good there and nightmare alley so shut up that's why they're all nominated yes what, what uh, we don't
0: i again, mean this is another category we spend time on so
1: i yeah i mean i haven't seen all these movies but just scrolling through shots from all of them they all look good cruella just looks very extravagant and over the top and that's almost always what wins
0: yeah, I guess I'm almost surprised it's not Nightmare Alley or West Side Story because it feels like the Academy loves a good 40s, 50s period piece when it comes to they style love
1: extravagant dresses.
0: They, they and and nostalgia. Uh But uh, hey, again, what the fuck do we know? So who cares? Uh Best achievement in they production were. design, which went to Dune, which makes a world of sense. Um Tragedy of Macbeth, I think, is a really interesting this category. Actually, we saw all these movies. So the winner was Dune for, for Patrice Vermet and uh, Zuzana Zipos. Uh, other nominees were Nightmare Alley for Tamara de Varel and Shane Vio. Power of the Dog for Grant Major and Amber Richards. West Side Story for Adam Stockhausen and Rene D'Angelo and Tragedy of Macbeth for Stefan Deschamps, Nancy Hay and uh, Nancy Hague. Uh Dune won. I, I I'm I find the Tragedy Macbeth to be a really interesting nom in this category. The other ones feel basically like a carbon copy of the brief conversation we just had about costume design. Uh, but I think I might have, if if Dune hadn't won in this category, which I do still think it deserves, I think Tragedy Macbeth would have been a really interesting award win in its place.
1: I agree, just because of how they designed the sets to really feel like you were in a theater almost. But I guess. Well, I guess a lot of that does come back to how it was physically shot and not the sets themselves, but I'm just happy Belfast and not get a nominated That's all I can say. Oh,
0: well, that's for sure. Uh, actually, though, just to double back, though, it was a little bit about the sets for Tragedy and Beth because they did paint the shadows onto the sets to right, add right, dramatism right, 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 to right. the lighting. Yeah. Anyway, Um,
1: that's too much thinking uh, when Dune just looks so cool that you just
0: easily vote for that good movie look cool. It's true. Yeah, good movie do look cool, Uh, which brings us to the next category as we slowly creep up the the list of major technical categories to best achievement in film editing, which is, I think, the probably the penultimate uh, uh, technical category, uh, which also went to Dune for Joe Walker. Uh, other nominees were, uh, I, I should do it the other way around. I'm sure someone listening to this is dry, getting very annoyed by this. The other nominees were Hank Carwin. That's your Horwin assumption that somebody is listening to this? Someone I ho- is definitely out there considering it. Uh, Pamela Martin for King Richard. Peter Skiberis for Power of the Dog. And Myron Kirstein and Andrew Weisblum for Tick, Tick, Boom. Uh, I almost won an award. Uh, half of your name almost won yeah. an award.
1: Yeah. Well, that's more than I normally get. So,
0: it's interesting to—I—I don't—I often have a tough time with noticing editing when it, uh, you know, in like a standout kind of way. So, like King Richard, I have no concept of its editing at all. But I think the the two that really stood out to me were Dune and Tick Tick Boom. Uh, one Tick Tick Boom, I think Whole it's the added room. boost of having. All the music cues that obviously have to line up and the constant switching between uh, the play tick tick boom and the events of uh, fuck, goddamn, what's his goddamn name? No, well, Andrew Garfield's character's name, the real guy, John.
1: Um,
0: fucking. Steven Sondheim's guy, 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 his, his protege guy. Fucking, goddamn it, hold on. Oh, Jonathan Larson. Holy shit. Jonathan Larson. Um, And whereas Dune, I feel, I felt the most impact in in, in the editing, just for me personally, felt its impact in keeping that, as we just talked about last week, keeping that massive story moving along in a way that it doesn't drag.
1: Yes. And I do think looking at it again, being able to just see how the editing brought about so much of the uh what's the fucking word like so much of this book and story is you know thought and inside your own head I think the editing did such a good job of kind of bringing that to life and explaining that Uh, whatever the vocab word that I'm clearly forgetting is uh for such a thing did that really well
0: I mean it really is it's It's the vision coming together. You know, they they say that movies are made in the editing room. Um, You know, I knew you'll often see uh, run times for movies before they actually get cut. Like, I remember it was a big deal. People were like, the original cut of Wolf of Wall Street was like eight hours long. It's like, well, that's just them assembling all the footage. (laughs) No, no, it's never going to be eight hours long. But like, that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, no one would fucking watch it. No one would fucking watch it. We'd all like to sit here and lie and say that we would. I've watched an eight hour movie. It's horrible. It's not fun.
2: What eight hour movie did you
0: watch? Uh, it was called, it's a famous one from like fucking Czechoslovakia in like the seventies. Oh my God. What's it fucking called? I'll look it up. But Cal, what do you think about this one? Doctors of is the longest I've
2: seen um, I was impressed with the editing and Tic tick boom for the same reasons that you mentioned before. Um, same thing with editing. You know, if it's, if it's good, you don't notice it. Um, I don't know. I, I think back to what's that movie. Uh, 1970, whatever the fuck. 1917. <laughs> <laughs> it's there and dates here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that, went, that one won cinematography for last year, right? Or two years ago? Uh, year. Two
0: years ago. 2019.
2: Um, yeah, something like that. Um, I mean, that film stood out to me for the editing and the cinematography. And it's hard to, like, in my opinion, because I am an editor, it's hard to do, to, to think of one without thinking of the other one. Can you go back to that page, please? <laughs> Thank you. I was looking for the movie. Um, <laughs> it's Okay.
0: Satan Tango, so, by the way.
2: Got it. So it makes sense to me. I don't know. Like the cinematography in Dune was great, and the editing was doing great. Was 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 doing great. Me. It was doing
0: great. You <laughs> know
1: what I'm say. Wow, Gone with the Wind was four hours long. Holy
0: shit. It's a big, it's a big old movie. But yeah, Satan Tango is the movie I was trying to think of, which is from Hungary. Sorry, Slavic nations, I picked the wrong one. I'll go fuck myself. You should. All right. Well, I mean, since since we're alluding to cinematography, <laughs> we'll talk about the the ultimate for the technical awards, the the last big one before we get into I don't know what you call the non technical awards, the important awards, the awards by people who matter.
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ.
0: By, pe- by people whose names and faces you know. I'll put it that way. Uh, so the winner was also doing. Is doing really? I don't think lost a single technical award that it was nominated for I think I'll I'll double check as we're talking but I'm pretty sure it just swept every technical award it was in a category for uh so Greig Frazier won for Dune the other nominees were Ari Wegner for Power of the Dog Bruno Del Bonnell for The Tragedy Macbeth Dan Laustin for Nightmare Alley and Janusz Kaminski for West Side Story uh I've started a bunch Kel do you want to start one
2: Well this is kind of what I was saying with the other category it's hard for me to differentiate or like separate the two because when I think of like in my opinion as someone who does this shit for a living not (laughs) at the scale of major motion pictures but uh, anyway editing and cinematography like go hand in hand you shoot for the edit and like yes and a movie is made in the edit room but it makes total sense to me that they go hand in hand and they would win these categories. Uh I thought the cinematography was fantastic. Um the only one I guess I I don't necessarily agree with too much is um is West Side Story for cinematography for cinematography. All the other ones kind of make sense to me except for that one. I don't
0: know. Corom, what do you <laughs>
1: I was kind of shocked that Tragedy and Macbeth didn't get it because it just seemed like a layup for cliche Oscar, you know, um, just the fact that they would go hand in hand so well to fit that stereotype. Um, I'm happy doing one. I thought Dune was utterly gorgeous. Uh, I thought Power of the Dog had a lot of great shots, but, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think it did anything that put it over Dune or Macbeth. Um, man, I I just Dune is just so fucking pretty. I feel uh, like anything way, was, Denis Villeneuve directs just is a automatic nominee for these. Uh,
0: I was I was wrong. It did uh, Dune did not win for costume design or makeup and hairstyle. I, I missed those two. Uh, uh, I think strongest. this is probably the strongest category of the night. If we're being if we're being honest here, um, I agree. Yeah, because really all five of these movies, I think, represent. uh, Well, first of excellence in what they're in in their in this category, Uh, obviously, they're fucking here, Uh, but also do different things or fulfill different needs. You know, getting to have the sci fi epic in Doom that represents a, a very singular vision of a created world. Uh, is obviously has its own advantages versus uh, power of the dog, which is very much so scratching the you know contemporary Western itch that you know the Western has definitely has been an integral part of how we approach cinematography in film since the fucking since stagecoach in 1929. um West Side Story and Nightmare Alley obviously fill the need for that kind of. Well, actually, Nightmare, even to break it down further, even though there's similar eras, Nightmare Alley does very much. So the nouveau film noir thing that we talked about, just representing it in color, but still going along with a lot of the kind of like Dutch angles and early noir expressionism of the 40s and West Side Story going very much so with the modernized version of the lushness of a musical on the backdrop of a gritty set design. Uh, you know, a la the original which we talked about. It really is a straight up shot for shot remake. Uh, and then Tragedy McBath, which really I think does something so unique, and which is why I'm, I keep bringing it up in every category it's been nominated for about how I wish it won something because it would be cool if it won something because they really felt like they did so much with what was honestly probably like one room, like one single bunker somewhere that they shot this whole fucking thing in. They really, I thought, did so much in an inventive space. Like, it almost feels like a surrealist adaptation of the play with some of the way that they've employed some of these shots. But uh, regardless, this really was such a great category. I don't think there was a wrong answer. I think Dune or Tragic Macbeth were probably the right answer, but I really don't think there was a wrong answer with this category. I mean, just what what a grouping this year.
1: I'm glad there was a category that was strong in this year's ceremony.
0: Which brings us into the other categories where Josh gets annoyed. Uh, <laughs> and that brings us into best adapted screenplay, which went to Cian Hader for Coda. The other nominees were Ryosuke Hamaguchi for, and, and sorry, and Takamase O for Drive My Car, uh, John Spates and Denny, just three names, damn it. John Spates, Denny Villeneuve, and Eric Roth for Dune. Maggie Gyllenhaal for *The Lost Daughter*, and Jane Campion for *Power of the Dog*. Uh, I am not a happy man, but the other person in this apartment probably is. Uh, Cal, what do you think?
2: I thought *Coda* was a beautiful movie, and it
0: keep it to writing.
2: Okay, all right, all right. Uh, The story was beautiful. What else do you want me to say about it? I mean, I thought it was a unique
0: defend yourself
2: <laughs> i don't know i just thought it was something that that hadn't been done before i thought it was really unique i thought it, it the story was actually special and meant something and it wasn't just like i don't know for the sake of art like i thought it was actually i don't know like had social commentary in it and everything i thought it was like really really well done and so i was happy to see it win for this category
1: uh, Corwin, how about you? Uh, I probably would have put Coda fourth in this category. Um,
0: what would you put fifth? Actually, no. And now we need the whole ranking.
1: Uh, I would be tough to decide between Drive My Car and Dune, uh, then Power of the Dog, then Coda, and then The Lost Daughter. Why? Uh.
2: I don't. I, I don't. I mean, think, I don't want you to I, defend yourself for the first year. I want to know why you put Coda so low.
1: Because it's bad. Um, <laughs> because yeah, I, very I bad. didn't like it. Um, I think it's, half it's a good script and half. A the different fact that it movie. was still a story about a deaf family, I think that is enough to get it over the lost daughter in the way that that was adapted. Um, but I think the little things that are kind of below the surface in The Power of the Dog and even at the surface, um, just tell the story of that book better than Coda uh, tells any story whatsoever.
0: I, I think I would actually go Dune here. And I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm simping for this movie very hard because there are definitely movies that came out this year that I think I, I do like more than Dune. But, you know, we've talked a lot over the past few weeks, as we've gone through all these awards, uh, about how to adapt for the screen. And specifically, we talked a lot about the shortcomings of movies like Power of the Dog or The Lost Daughter, where it's like, yes, this was obviously a book. because, And I can tell that because there's clearly stuff happening that did not make it on the screen. in in a way that really translates cleanly. So that's why I would give a huge shout out to Dune for being able to actually kind of do that with how much there is in that book to distill it into something perfectly well understandable. Even if you don't have full retention, like we just talked about last week, even if you don't have full 100% recollection of what occurred, there's no point at which you go, what is someone's motivation for doing this? Like I had Corwin and I both had when we talked about power of the dog and lost daughter, where it's like, why are you doing this? When you're adapting a book to a movie, that is a common thing that you're going to have to work through how to display visually. And if you can't do it, well, it's going to lead people to be like, why not? I'm sitting here battling between a couple of plausible theories and I'm waiting to see which one it is. And I've accepted one or the other and I'm waiting to see how it shakes out literal I do not. I could not imagine why this is why this is happening, and and clearly there's a motivation that I'm not being let in on, and I can't tell if it's a deficiency or a feature. Uh, so I, I think I would have gone Dune. Drive my car. I, th- I think I, I also did a, a phenomenal job. My issue with Coda is well documented. It is half of a good movie. I, I so we're going to talk about Coda a lot tonight, but uh, for for this, it's funny this whole past week leading up to the Oscars, I've been thinking about the movie. Like it just it's like popped into my head as I've been thinking about all the award nominated movies. And my first thought is I fucking hated that movie. And then I thought about like Troy Kotzer and the deaf family. And I was like, no, I like that. movie. Why do I hate that movie? And I kept forgetting. Oh, yeah. Seventy five percent of this movie is this shitty teenage kid trying to sing and making her family care about it. And it's like, oh, oh right. I hated the movie because God damn it, that was awful. But man, every other part of the movie, I keep thinking back on, like, hey, that's a good movie. It's just trapped behind this really fucking annoying girl and her wildly uninteresting story.
2: I think you should just be happy for deaf people.
0: <laughs> I am, and we'll get to that when we talk about Troy Kotsur. Uh that, All right, yeah. So, oh, uh, actually, quick question. Now that we're actually in the awards, that we probably would have predicted, uh, Corbin, who would you have predicted, and who would you have chosen?
1: Um I would have predicted Power of the Dog, and I probably would have chosen Dune. Kel? I think Dune gets the tiebreaker over Drive My Car because we've seen how it's been uh adapted previously, and this is such an improvement over that that it should get it for that alone. Right. Mm, uh
2: despite my love of coda i think i would have predicted uh power of the dog and what was the other question (laughs) who would you who would you have picked who would i have picked um nah that i think i'd pick coda fuck you
0: uh one more note on dune because i i would have probably i would have actually guessed lost daughter would win this award just because i don't think it would have gotten any love anywhere else and i could see uh, some some politicking around the academy of oh hey well you know it's not going to win anything else you know like like let's let's give it this one um in addition to the fact that it, i think it is probably the most intimate of the films that are that are listed here uh but i also i would have picked dune um and the only other thing i was thinking about as uh I, after i asked the question and i thought to myself Why would I pick Dune? Uh, I was thinking about 2001 A Space Odyssey, which ended up becoming a book Hmm. that was written concurrently with the movie. And when you think about these types of sci-fi epics, like Star Wars or 2001 or the original Star Trek series, they are the creator's vision coming out from the jump. And it really is so impressive to have something that feels so... I don't know, of the man, Denis Villeneuve that is not his original property. That really is very hard. And so it is genuinely, I, I, I'm thoroughly impressed by that aspect of it. Uh, all right, so let's get into the next category, which is Best Original Screenplay. So the winner of this award was Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. The other nominees were Adam McKay and David Sirota for Don't Look Up. Zach Balin for King Richard, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza and Eskil Volk and Joachim Trier for the worst person in the world. Uh, Corwin, why don't you start off this one?
1: Uh, I was disappointed that it wasn't worst person in the world. I thought that was just such a better story um, through and through. you know, Belfast had, like, sure, I get it. You know, Kenneth Branagh, like, that was your life. This is your uh, film written from your perspective as a child and, and looking back and your memories and blah, 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 all that very touching for, you know, people living through the, the troubles. But I, I didn't think it was a necessarily entertaining or compelling story compared to, the genuinely well-written and well-established worst person in the world. Um, and yeah, I probably would have guessed it would have gone. Honestly, I probably would have guessed Liquor's Pizza. That just seems like a one-off Oscar that it would just get thrown
0: out there. Uh, Cal, your thoughts, who you would have picked and who you would have thought would have
2: won. My thoughts are uh, definitely wouldn't have been licorice pizza. I think there's so many holes in that story in that plot. Um, sorry, what the fuck did you say? My thoughts: Who I think would have won? I would agree with Corbin in that. Um, the worst person in the world. Um, would have been my pick. Um, what was the other thing? Can you just fucking tell me? What What do you think about
0: the fact Belfast won?
2: Oh, uh, I didn't like Belfast, so. I don't care
1: okay.
0: Touche. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: if I I would have thought that the Academy would pick don't look up uh, because it's full of a bunch of. Oh, I agree with all these jokes. That must mean they're funny uh, kind kind of kind of things that I feel like a 50, 60 year old white person would just love to pieces. So uh, mm-hmm. I would have, I would have assumed "Don't Look Up" would win this category. My my backup, if that wouldn't have gone over, as I would have actually assumed King Richard. Like the two of you, I would have picked worst person in the world. I I don't get Belfast here. Um, and we, Corey and I, we just talked about this the other week, and we talked about Belfast. It's not an interesting story that's really told well at all. And we kind of talked about how like stuff like the financial troubles of the family weren't really expressed very well. And and the idea of the father joining up with the cause wasn't really demonstrated very well. It feels like this film got this award on the back of maybe the dialogue scenes involving uh, Siren Hines and, and Dame Judy, Dame Judy Dench. But those are the only parts where I really felt as though the writing was genuinely lovely. And unfortunately, I don't think those handful of albeit important and lengthy and memorable scenes is enough to win this entire award. I will say this is probably one of the weaker categories we're going to talk about, because uh, Licorice Pizza I thought was straight butt, as I think all of us here did. I, I, I didn't enjoy the script of Don't Look Up, and King Richard feels like it's here because it's a good movie, not that the script itself stood out in any meaningful way. Um, But I'm, I'm still surprised this is a Belfast award. And honestly, I, I am shocked the worst person in the world didn't take this home. Because um, it feels far and away the strongest here. Any other thoughts on this one?
1: Uh, I feel like the worst person in the world got docked because its screenplay was written not in English.
0: I feel like the worst person in the world got docked because the name sucks and they should have had a better name. Bad movie what would
1: title. You have called it? What would you have called it? Not saying that's incorrect. Just like, what would you have called this film? Otherwise,
0: I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. That's a great question. I have no idea. I did have another random thought about it though. Um, since since we since we're here, I'll share. Uh, I I decided that this that this we 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 stop calling movies coming of age stories too soon. Like it feels like when you hear coming of age story, it's about like a kid who's somewhere between 13 and 17 who's mm-hmm. learning about himself or herself in some type of societal or familial context. And mm-hmm. I, I've decided that, that is too young to, to stop, to cut it off, because this feels like a great adult coming of age story. We kind of where we kind of see her transition a little bit. And this is what we talked about during the during our, our discussion uh, last week, two weeks ago about how, you know, she shows so much growth as she goes through and learning. The whole movie is about her learning about herself through, you know, the trials and tribulations of young adulthood. And it feels like, our, you know, that kind of is the the ethos of a coming-of-age film, right? Like, you are learning about you and about how you fit in, in your society, and your context. So this should be called a coming-of-age film. That's That was my random agree. thought. Yeah, I
1: fully agree with that.
0: Kel, Kel is nodding for the people not in our apartment. <laughs> All you need.
2: Yes, I agree. That's very great insights, Joshua.
0: Yes, this is a this is an audio medium.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, best achievement in directing. Uh, the winner of this award was Jane Campion for Power of the Dog. The other nominees were Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story and Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Uh, Corwin, you want to start?
1: Uh, sure. Um, how the fuck did Denevo and not even get nominated for this? What the fuck? Um, that being said. I am not su- well. Honestly, I'm surprised Kenneth Branagh didn't win because it seemed like just like the most Oscarsy film leading up to this. Just, oh yeah, that's clearly going to win Best Director. It's Kenneth Branagh. People just have complete heart on for him in, in uh, Hollywood. Um, even though Paul Thomas Anderson and Steven Spielberg were also nominated. Um, I can't say I'm terribly up in arms since Denis isn't here uh sure i would have loved it to see gone to hamaguchi um at the end of the day i don't think power of the dog was a terribly directed film i think all of its issues landed outside of that realm um i don't know i'm not torn up by this but it's not who i would have wanted mostly because the guy i would have wanted isn't here yeah
0: i i i don't love this category i i can't while you were talking, I kept looking at the names and the movies and trying to think about who I would pick amongst this crowd. Uh, If I had to have guessed beforehand, I probably would have guessed Steven Spielberg, because, again, it would feel so Oscars to give it to um, an Oscars royalty guy like Spielberg for making an Oscars royalty movie like West Side Story that is about as nostalgia and music and blah, 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 blah. Um, But fucking who would I have picked? And it's tough because like, of these movies, I like Drive My Car the best. I'm not sure if that's fair to make that the sole criteria for picking this award. I do, I guess, get Jane Campion to a degree in this category if we remove her screenwriting from it, because I think she did get the performances she wanted out of everybody. I do think that everything fit together the way she was looking for, I think that there was a vision that was met from her, and I I think the same for Kenneth Branagh and and PTA and you know all these people, but fucking I don't like the vision, so I don't give a shit. Um, and. I I, I I honestly think Jane Campion wins here for much the same reason that I probably would have picked um, or would have guessed Power of the Dog win the Cinematography Award because of that kind of sweaty cowboy thing being a such a staple of, of Hollywood awards. Um, well, plus, Ang Lee did also win this award in 2005 for um, Brokeback Mountain. So just keeping yeah. that shit going here. Ah, hmm. uh, fucking I don't really know. Uh, ah, yeah, Are all cowboys gay? Uh, they all should be all all cowboys. Yeah. Every cowboy hat sold in America comes with a copy of the village people's greatest hits.
1: Hmm. I'll settle on gay until proven otherwise.
2: <laughs> on that note, uh, I think <laughs> I would have. Speaking of gay, until uh, otherwise. <laughs> I think I would have predicted that the Academy would have chosen Steven Spielberg here, but I would have picked um, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, as much as I didn't like the writing in Licorice Pizza, I think his vision was achieved, and I I don't know. I thought I thought it was well done in that regard.
0: And that's why I think makes this year so tough and why maybe I, I think I agree with you, Corwin, that Denny Villeneuve not being here is what's so s- starkly weird about it. Because if we're talking mm-hmm. about creation of a vision from the ground up, including setting the you know, literally creating the ideas of what you want to express visually, getting the actors on the same page as you, getting the cinematographer on the same page as you, you know, like, getting the production design and and uh, outfit and everybody on the same page as you feels like that probably would have been doomed. How about uh, the fact
1: that he was able to get this film to be released in theaters.
0: But even even leave that, that to the side, like. I, I, I do understand everybody else here, but this feels like such a weak category because a lot of these movies just weren't great. And it's like, like Kel said, licorice pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson. It seems like he made that movie exactly how he wanted to make that movie. Guess what? That movie sucked. Is making a shitty movie exactly how you want to make it? Does that mean you did a good job? Movie still sucks, bro.
1: Steven Spielberg, I feel like his film was just kind of. I haven't seen the original West Side Story in like. 15 years. I don't remember it being much different. That could be wildly out of my own ass. But it, it, the remake seemed like it was a not shot for shot, but very similar remake.
0: You know what? You know what? I've decided that I would actually give this award if I had to pick it to Steven Spielberg, because okay. like we said, when we talked about it, it is exceedingly well done. It's just exactly it, it's just the original done again. Uh, and you know what? Technically speaking, movie's fucking perfect. The music. Great. Singing. Great. Acting. Great. Cinematography. Great. Everything about it. Totally. Inf- it's just it's just not exciting. But guess what? This movie, this category isn't about making an exciting movie. Power of the Dog isn't exciting. If we're talking about the, the relatively technical and uh, technical ability combined with uh, concept of vision, Spielberg nailed it. I I mean, what more could you possibly ask for out of West Side Story from from what he had within his control? Nailed it. I I don't I don't like the movie very much because it is just the original. But hey, nailed it. This one's not fun. I'm not enjoying this.
1: (laughs) Uh, Josh, that is the summary I have for this entire year of film.
2: All
0: right, I guess let's get into the acting awards then. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role went to Ariana Bosa for West Side Story. Other nominees were Anjanu Ellis for King Richard, Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Judy Dench for Belfast and Kirsten Dunst for The Power of the Dog. Uh, I keep pushing on to you guys. Do you guys want me to start any of these or do you want me to just keep pushing them onto you?
2: You can start all of them. Before being
0: on. I'll, I'll let Quinn
1: start this one. She fucking loved that Ariana uh, DeBose won this award. Uh, she was rooting for it hard. Uh, I don't have any strong opinions between DeBose, Buckley, and Judy Dench. I will say um, Ellis was in King Richard for what seemed like six minutes, and I don't think Kristen Dunst did a good job in The Power of the Dog. Uh, but i can also say i have no idea who else they would nominate you know what uh what was uh heim from liquor's pizza i would put her in here over either one of them
0: i think she'd be a lead no yeah uh i guess i think, so. I think yeah. technically she'd be a lead. that would
1: make sense depends Correct. on who you would... yeah um but yeah I, I like that to both one sure
0: uh yeah, I think Anjanu Ellis was in like, oh, man, four scenes and all of them. She was just basically like, oh, Richard, you better know what you're doing because I'm not letting you fuck with my my girl's future or whatever. I'm I'm trusting you. Um, she which
1: she never she never sent Richard to attack anyone, though. I'll give her that.
0: That was her I'm final mission. An award, which isn't Anjanu Ellis's fault. Like th- those are the scenes that she was given. But it felt like every scene was done. Kind of the same. It almost felt like she was doing um uh, fucking not Octavia Spencer. God damn it! I'm I'm mixing up p- women who were in the movie The Help. Uh oh, uh, Viola uh, Davis. Shit. Oh my God, yes. Viola Davis. Uh, it felt like she was doing an, a Viola Davis in Fences the whole movie. Um, which again isn't like a bad thing. Uh, for instance, Judy Dench also in every scene she was in was basically like, I'm a kindly old grandmother who's kind of Irish, I think. But it's Judy Dench. Yes. And she's lovely, but also her every line she had in the movie was delivered with the same kind of I'm a lovely old woman and I'm sitting here in this window and I'm talking to my husband and we are all saying our lines with this kind of easygoing. Pensive uh, pensive. Is that how
1: we all view our grandmother.
0: Uh, naturally, I actually thought Kirsten Dunst did a nice job. I, I again, her motivations are kind of all over the place. And her character, I think, was poorly written in that it's like, I hate alcohol. And then six scenes later, I'm a raging alcoholic. <laughs> um, but I think Kirsten Dunst, for, for her part, did a very good job. Like the horror that is <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch playing the banjo. <laughs> Those scenes feel like a horror movie in part because Kirsten Dunst does feel a little bit like she is about to be trapped in a Saw-like scenario. Um, I do think she did a nice job, and I thought Jesse Buckley was phenomenal. Again, I thought her character was horrible in The Lost Daughter, but I thought Jesse Buckley was phenomenal. But what was
1: the last Kristen Dunst character that you didn't think was horrible? What was the last good Kristen Dunst
0: character? Um. The 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 Lars von Trier movie she was in, fucking whatever what that one it. was called.
1: Spider Man Two.
0: Uh, Spider Man Four. Look at all interview, those spiders
1: <laughs> Interview with the Vampire.
0: <laughs> interview with the Vampire too. Wow, look at all those vampires. Wait, she was in
1: Jumanji, was she? The Melancholia. J- oh That's the my Lars god, movie. no! She was the daughter in Jumanji. That's the only movie I could possibly. Say that she was good in.
0: She was she was really solid in Melancholia. Uh, I haven't seen it. Well, it's because you don't like cinema. Uh, whatever. I'm I hate myself. The fuck up. I know. I, I hate myself too. But this this felt like Ariana Boss's um Oscar to lose, honestly. And it just goes to show that this part uh is Oscars like it's gonna win every. If they made West Side Story. Every year from now to the end of time, uh, whoever, whichever woman was uh, playing the role of Anita would win the Oscar every year. Um, And they would probably deserve it. So, Kel, what do you think? We made West
1: Side Story (laughs) and uh, Little Women every year. They would trade back and forth. So I feel like that's an insane vote.
0: Fair. Kel?
2: Yeah, I agree with you about the the west side story uh thing but i think ariana i mean stole every scene that she was in it's she's incredibly talented um uh i also think it's a pretty fucking awesome win for you know latinx actresses and actors everywhere but um yeah no i thought she was fucking phenomenal um and i think it's i don't know i think and i i don't know i, I don't know if the academy like thinks this way but uh how cool is it that you know like uh reed moreno what won this how many some odd fucking years ago and
0: 1961
2: i want to say um and so ariana winning this one was um just a much bigger deal than anybody else that was nominated for this category i don't know how much that weighs into the academy's decisions but um i don't know i i can't help but think they and, and guys correct me if i'm wrong they have to consider the whole like diversity aspect of these awards and nominees um i don't know out of this category i would have been an easy pick for ariana uh, but second i would have picked kirsten dunst because none of the others impressed me much i also didn't see um king richard so
0: that's
2: right you didn't
0: yeah uh yeah Ariana De i think was again like the clear standout here uh i would imagine i don't know coran you can tell me what you think i'd imagine that the idea of diversity has to come into voters' minds, like rightfully so. Like if the voting body is largely white, you have to consider the fact of uh, where your votes are going to, i.e. race, because if there's not a lot of people of color being nominated for those categories, maybe you should consider yourself, hey, why?
1: Uh, I got distracted looking up uh the Oscars from 2019 uh, to see uh, (laughs) what the acting uh, winners were for the year Little Women came out. And I forgot that Renee Zellweger won for Judy and Laura Dern won for Marriage Story. (laughs) over So many other better actresses. Driving me nuts.
0: That's the thing that really drives me crazy is like when a win will look bad almost immediately after the awards. Like it's one thing like you go back to movies or Oscars from, you know, like the forties and fifties and sixties and you see the movies that won and you go like, Oh yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's a good movie that won that award, but there's another movie in this category that's considered a classic now that didn't win that should have won. But I mean, looking at these awards, not just this year, but especially in a handful of recent years, it's like, Not only is this movie not going to be a classic, it wasn't good. Now, (laughs) like no one's going to go back and watch this, but whatever. Uh, Shall we go into the best performance by an actor in a supporting role category? Sure. All right. The winner here was Troy Kotzer for CODA. He becomes the first um, deaf person to win in this category. or I think to win any acting award. Uh, also nominated was siren Hines for Belfast, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog, and Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog. Uh, I'll start actually here on this one because I've shat on Coda so hard already, and there's more to go. Um, this, is the, this is the award the movie should have won. Troy Kotzer honestly should have been nominated for best lead actor because the movie should have been about him he was amazing he did he brought so much physicality into a role that is obviously physical because of the limitations of speech but isn't just the presentation of speech like his speech is so clearly a voice and i think conveying that to an audience not only one must be very difficult but also was the only bedrock of emotion that this movie had. Troy Kotzer being able to be goofy, dad and heartfelt and serious and silly. All while, you know, using sign languages as a main form of communication and being able to have it be personality, not just raw form of base communication was what made those parts of the movie so damn good. And literally the only good parts of the movie. Uh, he more than deserved this award. Um Other nominees here, just to touch on them real quick. I, I already forgot again, like between reading the names and looking at my screen a second time that J.K. Simmons was nominated in this category because fucking why on earth is he here? Uh Cody Smith, McPhee and Jesse Plemons were both very, very good. Uh I yep. They were both lovely. So was Siren Heights. Uh, Kel, why don't you go next? Why don't you tell me about this category for you?
2: Um, yeah, I don't think any of the other people really stand out to me too much. I did think Cody Smith, Cody Smith McPhee. Sorry, not
0: so fucking easy <laughs> now,
2: huh? I do all the foreign names too. Cody Smith McPhee uh, did a great job um, alongside oh god what's his fucking name dr strange <laughs>
0: benedict cumberbatch
2: benedict come my ass uh he did really really good um but yeah no i think troy kotzer just and i hate to fucking use this phrase again but like again like stole was was the most interesting part of that movie um yeah he was just he was wonderful and it's it, it's his performance that like helped carry all the rest of their performances, because I think the actress that played the mom and like the actor that played the son, like were all feeding off of his energy because it seemed like in every scene that he was in, like I know, he elevated their performances in a way. So I thought that was really great, but um, yeah, it was super well-deserving.
0: Corwin. Uh,
1: I don't know if this is me not paying attention, but I think this is the first award we were pretty unanimous on. Uh, I think. Uh, Troy Kosser is the only person even remotely worthy of this award both this year or even in a stronger year I think he would have a, a very very good case um, I think he was I think Josh you said this really the only great part in CODA um, and I would very much like to see him in more films uh, which is the same way I feel about um, Marley Matlin um, also a fun fact. He played uh, one of the Tuscan Raiders in uh, The Mandalorian who speaks in sign language. Didn't know that until he won, but that's pretty Neat. cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I think if I had to rank these because, yeah, we were pretty <laughs> unanimous on this one, I probably put Troy Kotzer first. And then for me, it's a toss up between Cody Smith McPhee and Siren Hines for second. We had Jesse Plemons at a pretty close fourth, and then JK Simmons below the floor at fifth. Um, God, he was my, my issue with Jesse Plemons. He and we talk about this when we talk about the movie, he was in the movie a lot in the first like 30 minutes and then gone and then like popped back in for the last five or ten. Uh, and in that time, I was I forgot he was in the movie. I was like, "Oh shit, that's right! Hey, buddy!" To the point where, like, Cody Smith McPhee felt like a lead actor in screen time compared to Jesse Plemons. Like, it's wild to see them in the same category because it feels as though Plemons had I don't know twenty minutes of screen time, and Cody Smith McPhee had like forty five, like night and day. Yeah, and
1: J.K. Simmons was in being in the credits.
0: and he told women what marriage means to them. (laughs) Let me tell you ladies about how love works.
1: Yeah. I'm struggling to remember more like out of thin air nominee for a role that was just like, honestly, if you didn't get nominated, I would not be able to tell you whether or not JK Simmons was in that.
0: Uh, Yeah. It's immediately left, left my, my, my mental capacity. All right. So now let's get into the next category as we keep trucking along. We only got three left. Best performance by an actress in a leading role. Uh, the winner here was Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. The other nominees were Kirsten. Sorry, not Kirsten. Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Olivia Coleman for The Lost Daughter. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos and Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Madres Um. I'm the only one here that saw all of these movies. (laughs) Uh, So I'll dictate on this a little bit, I guess. Um, So the eyes of Tammy Faye, because none of us watch it outside of me, um, is basically about a televangelist, the wife of a televangelist slash televangelist in her own right uh, from like the Midwest. And uh, it's not a very good movie. I'm I'm not going to recommend it. Uh, If we talked about it, it, it's, it's uh, not interesting. And is half in, half out on what it's trying to do, which you know is what it is. Jessica Chastain in it, I think, does a good job, but it feels almost like when Rami Malek won for uh that Queen movie. Oh no, no, that's yeah, Riz that's, Ahmed. I got, that so <laughs> I got that so wrong. fucking racist. That's so wrong. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Wow. Not even close. Yeah, when Rami Malek won oh, for good. uh Bohemian Rhapsody. It was like, oh, yeah, he did a good job, but man, it feels like you're kind of just acting through like a lot of makeup and fake teeth. Um, and that's a little bit what this feels like for me. This feels a little bit like, like Jessica Chastain, because the character of Tammy Faye is coded in makeup. Like that's part of who she is. It almost felt like Jessica Chastain didn't even do makeup. They just put a rubber face with makeup on her every day and then had her play the role and so it felt a little bit like that i i think if it was me i'd probably go kristen stewart here um penelope cruz also in parallel mothers is wonderful absolutely wonderful she'd be my one a one b here with kristen stewart um but i'm also a sucker for penelope cruz i think she's amazing um with Olivia Coleman doing a fine enough job, but her character motivations really were difficult to grasp, and it's tough to know how much of that's writing and how much of that's her representation of the character. And I, I thought Nicole Kidman was horrible in being the Ricardos, so I don't get that nomination. Let alone wouldn't pick her. Um, do you guys have anything to say about the the women whose performances you did get to see? Uh, Corbin,
1: um, I. Really, really liked Kristen Stewart and Spencer, and I thought she uh, absolutely killed that role. And I thought she was very well fit for that role on top of that, which is weird to say about Kristen Stewart and her reputation over the last 15 years. Um, Nicole Kidman, I, I just, I don't know if I like Nicole Kidman all that much to begin with. I especially didn't like her role in uh, being the Ricardos and i don't really think olivia coleman did anything uh to really warrant being a a a contender for this and i think in any stronger year i don't think she'd be nominated
0: uh kel what about you
2: yeah no i'd have to agree with corwin um spencer's the only movie that i oh i also did see being the Ricardos. um yeah no I, i didn't think nicole kidman did a good job. Um every time she was on the screen I wanted to look away. Um and I know I watched The Lost Daughter but it was lost on me. So fuck you. I, <laughs> so I guess um yeah, no, I would have uh, again I can't speak to the eyes of Tammy Faye, but I think uh, Kristen Stewart did a standout job.
0: Yeah, I uh I, I again I would not have gone Jessica Chastain. I would have either gone Kristen Stewart or Penelope Cruz. Uh, I would have honestly expected this award to go to Nicole Kidman for all the usual bullshitty reasons I give. Like the fact that this is a movie <laughs> ostensibly about old Hollywood that's done in you know, it, of the time with a, a famous actress. And, you know, we all grew up watching this show or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, and that's not to shit talk Jessica Chastain's performance. I just think a lot of it feels like prosthesis. So uh, it detracts, I think, a little bit. Um, Also, there's a lot of de-aging in the beginning that was just Irishman level not good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like they de-age Andrew Garfield in the beginning and it looks wild. Also, did not know Andrew Garfield was in this movie. Uh, He's in a lot of it. He's like a main actor, but whatever. All right. So that brings us then to best performance by an actor in a leading role, which went to Will Smith for King Richard. Other nominees in this category were Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth and Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos. Uh, so you guys want to start with Will Smith smacking the shit out of Chris Rock now, or do you want to say that for after we talk about the category?
1: Uh, let's talk about it after the category. And so we have a nice break before Best Picture.
0: Sure thing. Corwin, why don't you get us started on this then?
1: Shit. Um I I definitely wouldn't have will put Will Smith here. Uh I think I probably would have had Benedict Cumberbatch winning and I probably think he should have won. Uh, I think Denzel did a great job in Macbeth uh, and he definitely was a, a favorite up there with the Cumberbatch. Uh Andrew Garfield as much as I didn't like Tick Tick Boom because of its musical heritage and and bones i still really liked him in it and i thought he did an excellent job javier bardem uh is a great actor and did plenty with what he was given which really isn't much but as you know a number five starter here that's i'm fine with it i thought will smith did a good job i just don't think he did the best job of the five guys here and i don't think he's in the top half of these Uh, i'd probably have him closer to third or fourth than i would number one by a decent margin um but yeah i guess i'll save the rest of my comments for when we discuss you know his extracurricular activities
0: (laughs) uh kel what do you think
2: I would have given this to Andrew Garfield, hands down. I, that is the best performance I've ever seen from him. I, I don't know. I I just thought he hit it out of the park uh, with Tick, Tick, Boom. It's probably, probably at the top of my list of movies um, from this year ju- because of his performance. Um, I also think, and I am not a, you know, I, I traditionally don't like, um, like Macbeth. And all that jazz shakespearean stuff yeah not my thing um but i thoroughly enjoyed denzel in this um the tragedy of the Macbeth. i thought he was absolutely wonderful it felt like the like him in uh oh what's her name the old lady I like who is in nomad land francis washington <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh francis mcdormand i i loved them both uh together i thought it was super well done so um yeah that being said i wouldn't have Harvey Har- javier Bar them in here but um benedict cumberbatch just, just didn't do it for me i get he was the lead actor but i uh, i feel like i would have given it to the fucking kid over him like he just didn't ho- do anything for me
1: are you homophobic Kel?
2: yes i might be God. no no just get, cut that cut that
0: cut that. <laughs> uh you know what building off of what Kel just said hot take i do not like benedict cumberbatch as an actor and i've never once been impressed with anything he's ever been in
1: I can't see the character over Benedict Cumberbatch. I no, only ever that, see Benedict. Yes.
2: I
0: exactly. There's that and I have never once heard him do an American accent where I was like, "Ah, yes, that is clearly an American accent that you're doing a good job at." His accent in Doctor Strange is horrible, and his accent here honestly is the exact same accent as in Doctor Strange, which is hilarious because in Doctor Strange he's like a coastal uh, surgeon And in this, he is a Montana 1920s farmhand and should not have the same accent. And it's horrible. It is so if that man approached me on the street, I would be scared for my life because no one talks like that.
2: So
1: I feel like he makes his characters Benedict Cumberbatch rather than changing himself in any way.
0: He just wants to be Sherlock Holmes, bro. Let him just let him be Sherlock Holmes again.
2: Yeah, it's You've like the, the name of the character as Benedict Cumberbatch as opposed to Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. playing mm-hmm. the character. I totally agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Benedict Cumberbatch playing a cowboy as Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs>
2: right. Um. That being said, I didn't see King Richard. Uh, Joshua, what did you think? Thing, yeah. I know. What did you think caused him to win this? Cost- <laughs> caused
0: him? <laughs> caused him to win this? What tragic events led to winning this award?
2: Warranted. Uh, f- why, what? <laughs> What you know events, what I think what performance warranted this award?
1: I think what warranted or what really drove Will Smith to excel in this role was his desire to actually be seen as a father who raises good kids.
0: Oh, uh, well, and we can also certainly agree that his physicality went a lent a hand <laughs> to it, this award. Uh Well, if you if you, Corwin, recall from last week or two weeks ago or however much time ago it was, who fucking knows? I wanted Will Smith to win this award. I had picked him as my guy. So I'm perfectly happy with this. I thought he did a phenomenal job in King Richard uh, and loved the portrayal of a relatable, kind, gentle, but very firm guy. Like Will Smith, you never knew what he was going to do if you were removed from any understanding of the career path of the Williams sisters. And that wasn't because his motivations were so completely unguided. It was that he was so warm with everybody, but also was deadly serious about what he wanted for his daughters and how he wanted that to go. And it led to him being kind of, halfway mysterious because it's like I did not expect any of what he did because I don't know the Williams sisters career history like that and to have this guy be so unpredictable but not in like a purposefully obfuscated way was wonderful and to have it be done by a guy who's playing it so nice was also really really cool to see my only other pick would probably have been Denzel, which I had also mentioned. Um, it is very, very hard to do Shakespeare, especially in a movie, uh, and not have yourself sound like Lawrence Olivier, where everything you say is dramatic and has pause and weight, you know, and I'm hitting every consonant, um, which also is what happened to, uh, Kenneth Branagh and his version of Hamlet, um, which he was also Oscar nominated for, but whatever, like Denzel, it felt very much. So like, I am a man who is saying the words, I'm saying them with, with uh, a natural cadence rather than a performative cadence, um, which is so difficult to do with Shakespearean dialogue. Uh, Andrew Garfield would be, I think a solid third pick. And then the, bottom of the heap for me would be even though I just said how much I didn't like Benedict Cumberbatch would still pick him over Javier Bardem for this role because guess what Javier Bardem is in his 50s and, and, and he was playing a man in his early 30s okay look no amount of casting is going to make up an almost 20 year gap in age wrong role guess what miscast interesting so I'm, I'm going with Will Smith 100% here. I'm I'm fully behind all of Will Smith's actions.
1: Well, let's not go that far.
0: So uh, the 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 tumult that was this year's Oscars uh, happened over a joke, uh, Chris Rock. I don't know what where the, the lead in for the joke was, Corinne. if you watched more video than I did or Cal. But uh, at one point, Chris Rock joked that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, looked like G.I. Jane with her uh, with her alopecia.
2: Well, no, 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 no. You're misrepresenting this. He didn't say. She looks like G.I. Jane with her alopecia. No,
0: I am just meant she has alopecia. And so he was joking that be- because of her short slash lacking of hair, she looks like G.I. Jane. <sighs> I,
2: I'm not sure. I, It didn't come across that way I'm, to me.
0: I'm not trying to advocate for one side. I'm okay, just saying ahead. she has short slash missing hair because is- of alopecia. She also has a
2: shaved head. Like, that's the style.
0: And has had a shaved head for decades.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay.
0: Um, And Will Smith got a hearty chuckle out of that. And then Jada said, you fucking bitch. And Will Smith got up, walked clean across the stage. As Chris Rock just looked at him, seemingly knowing exactly what was about to happen and not getting out of the way at all. Uh, Will Smith then smacked Chris Rock clean across the face. Uh Chris Rock stood there stunned and said, I just got the shit slapped out of me by Will Smith as listeners sat back down in his front row seats and said, Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth, uh, several times before the show continued. Uh Corwin, did I lead any did I miss a- any on in there? On
1: screen.
0: Yes, audible. He very was very audible.
1: Yes. He also was sitting in front row, which added a lot to it, which would have been missed if he had to like squeeze through like uh like whatever the movie theater style seats were like excuse me let me through here <laughs> right <laughs> beat the chef and he's like all right guys i need to get back to my seat pardon
2: me excuse uh, me excuse me pardon me Here's um, um
1: <laughs> i think the best part about this was you know it was late it, it was you know fairly decent chunk of the way through the show i was almost like 11 o'clock can't hear you um, corwin really
2: you're like far away. No, I'm sorry.
1: Um, there you go. <laughs> so this happened, you know, relatively late into the show. It was almost 11 o'clock. Um, we were sitting here watching it live and Quinn was basically asleep. We were getting ready for bed. And as soon as he walked up on stage and slapped him, my first reaction was this fucking, you know, theatrics, this theater bullshit trying to boost ratings. I fucking hate this, man. And I turned off the TV before (laughs) seeing the reaction. I was like, "Oh, it's so fake and bullshit. Why would they do shit like this? I hate it. And then woke up the next morning, Quinn rolls over, and she's like, Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars last night. I was like, yeah, babe, I know. We were there. We watched it. And she's like, no, like, he actually did it. And then once, you know, I actually woke up and was able to, like, compose myself and and sit up and all that looked it up and was like holy shit like seeing the uncut clip and how it all went down was insane
2: yeah the fact that there was an uncensored uh version that is seemingly you know accessible to all who look for it um and is circulating is just insane to me i mean it's it was this before or after he'd won his award before (laughs) <laughs> wait did chris wait 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 wait, wait. was chris rock the one who had to give him the award no okay okay
1: oh, he didn't that come back out right that's what people were saying like he was done for the night
2: so what i saw i saw will give his speech and he was crying and i i didn't hear his speech and corwin you said you turned off the tv but yeah. i'd imagine in there was there an apology
1: no, he just released an apology like five minutes ago.
2: Yeah, I, I saw that a and
0: lawyer I, that works for Will Smith and is running his social media very <laughs> probably much probably released an apology. So. Yes.
2: Yeah, you know, basically, my actions were unacceptable and excusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. Um, it's also interesting that he felt the need to say that because it's obvious why he slap the shit out of chris rock but he's like you know i'm apologizing but i'm also standing by what i did which i don't know if i i i'm, I'm having a hard time picking sides i think uh, his reaction was the the physicality of his reaction was not warranted but a reaction in my opinion was warranted what do you feel Corbin?
1: i i am very much against uh, Mr. Smith here, uh, the fresh Prince, if you will. I understand the need to say something when there are very publicly made jokes about your wife and something that is out of her control. Uh, <laughs> there are also been countless ways that have with that we have seen over the years to do that in a positive manner for everyone involved. Uh, committing assault on stage at, you know, the premier award ceremony of your profession prior to, you know, while being nominated for an award that you eventually win. And just, I I don't even know how, like it's a, a tantrum almost is just such a bad way to go about it. I mean, like you, you committed assault. Like if you were anyone else, you would be sleeping in a jail cell because you assaulted someone. Like, there were so many clips of him, like, laughing very hard at the joke when Chris Jack- Chris Rock said it. He clearly thought it was funny and changed his, you know, feelings towards it once he saw his wife's reaction, which to some extent I get. But at the same time, I just, I can't support his actions in any way.
2: I'm with you on that. I think it was perplexing to me to see the camera angle of him like having a great chuckle at this joke you see jada roll her eyes the camera goes back to chris rock and in a matter of what seemed to be seconds will smith calmly walks himself up there and slaps him and then calmly you know buttons his jacket back up and and sits back down at his seat and then starts yelling and it's just like what do, what part of him was like okay I have to do I have to get up and and say something do something for my wife but like what was his fucking train of thought and like I'm gonna go up to this man in the biggest award ceremony in the acting world and slap the shit out of another very respectable black comedian like it doesn't make any fucking sense and um it's interesting to me that will because Will Smith He could have like, in my opinion, could have just knocked this dude out, but he didn't. He just opened a hand, slapped him across the face and then sat back down. Like, I just thought it was I thought it was completely inappropriate. And to be honest, if you're going to go for it, go for it or don't do anything at all. Like, I would have rather if Will Smith is going to like have the balls and the gall and the fucking audacity to get up and walk up to Chris Rock, like do what you came there to do. And instead of, instead he like just made a fucking spectacle of it, which is why I think a lot of the people, Corwin thought it was staged when it first happened. Cause Chris Rock, like Joshua said, like just stood there and was like, apparently knew exactly what was happening, but like, didn't flinch, didn't move, just let it happen. And then also didn't like, and good on Chris Rock for not like retaliating or anything on Will Smith. He was just like, wow, dude, like, wow. Okay. Like I, I just got this shit slapped out of me. By Will Smith. He's a comedian. He's not going <laughs> to.
0: He had a whole show about how he's not going to fight
2: back. <laughs> well, he's already also like been making jokes about it on Twitter. So. Oh, this is going to fund
0: his next tour. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it truly. Is.
1: Oh, God. I, I just I hate seeing all the people on Twitter go out and be like, I'm, you know, so proud of, you know, Will Smith. That's, you know. People like saying like, oh, I. I wish I would have been there to do the same thing or, or I wish, you know, my husband would do the same thing and stuff like that. It's like, what? Like what fantasy world are you in where it's like, that is the best possible reaction for such a thing? And you would want yeah. your husband to start a fight because of a shitty joke someone made at your expense.
0: Honestly, this feels like a situation where everyone is wrong and also it's not that big of a deal. For from from oh, my perspective, look, Chris I think Rock it's a
1: pretty is, big deal that Will Smith walked up on stage at the Oscars and assaulted the host.
0: All right, it it's not like it's not like he, he knocked teeth loose. He open hand slapped the man across the face. Let's not act like that doesn't happen in 10,000 bars every night across Josh, the country.
1: If you were sitting at your desk at work and made a comment in like an email and then just some guy walked up to your desk smacked you and then walked back to theirs. You would, you would feel. Very I'm not saying I'm not going to be thing.
0: mad. I'm saying it's not the end of time as we know it. I'm saying it's a thing that oh, okay. happens I...
2: all the time. I I, right. I disagree with you because I think it's like he, he will knew exactly what he was doing. Like he, yeah. that's a very public forum. And I understand that like a, a joke was publicly made at his, but that's the thing. It's like, if you're Will Smith, you've got to know that more people are on your wife's side than just you. Like everybody in the crowd knew that that joke was in poor taste, especially the people who knew Jada's, you know, battle with alopecia. So I just, I I agree with you, Corin, that like, there were so many other ways he could have gone about it. Like have a chat with him backstage. Like you clearly had access to (laughs) any access you wanted, having a front row seat, like go have a conversation with him backstage. You could have even gone as far as to have to have a conversation with chris rock backstage and have chris rock come back out and say yeah i'm sorry jada that was my bad like i shouldn't have said that you know what i mean like there were so many other ways because will smith has a lot of influence in that regard especially like if you're talking black comedian to black comedian like i feel like they could have had a discourse like, i am not saying if, if
1: after winning the award will smith goes up on stage and makes a you know a grand positive gesture you know supporting those with alopecia and bring, you know, light to the situation. It's like, hey, this isn't something to be poking fun at or, or making fun of people or, or yeah. you know, making jokes at someone's expense. You know, we should be supportive, blah, blah, blah. Whatever he could have said during a speech where he's accepting an academy award, he would have just been able to bury Chris Rock six feet under, no questions asked. And now here we are arguing whether or not Will Smith's an asshole.
0: And again, I'm not saying that that is what he did by slapping Chris Rock was the appropriate thing to do. I'm saying it's not like it's the end of the goddamn world that a man got slapped for saying something about another man's wife. Like, again, best way to handle it. No, of course not. Hitting somebody is never the best way of handling anything. Did he shoot him on live television? No. Like, no. (sighs) Like it's not like he, he even had the risk of doing any real damage. Like he got slapped. It's it's again the wrong thing to do, so far removed from being the end of time as we know it. Like, look, if Chris Rock wanted to make a joke about somebody in the audience, probably should have cleared it with that person before he did it. Jada Pinkett Smith probably shouldn't have taken herself so seriously. I, I and hey, I, I don't know that's a shitty thing to say. But I don't know how much Chris Rock knows about her alopecia. I didn't fucking know anything about it until last night. And guess what? You're in great shape and have short hair. You kind of look like G.I. Jane, (laughs) Uh, Will Smith. Don't slap people like uh, everyone's a little bit wrong. Uh, And it's also not the biggest deal in the world, but it is absolutely hilarious.
1: I think if you are willing to sit down with your husband on your talk show, and face-to-face talk about the fact that you fuck other men, you should be able to handle a joke at your own expense. I,
2: I, Just, yeah, I agree. If you're like, going to
1: drag your dirty laundry out into the world, you better be able to take somebody saying you fuck. The two me.
0: of them have had such a public relationship for so long, in large part because of Jada, that I would agree, which is why I'm saying like, look, it's not like he said, fuck you, alopecia ass head G.I. Jane looking motherfucker." like he, he from my understanding, it was really just like you have short hair because she keeps it buzzed because of alopecia and she's in very good shape. So you know, therefore, you look a little bit like G.I. We're talking about a Demi Moore movie from 1999. <laughs> like she shouldn't have been so fucking tight about it at the same yeah. time. Like. Ah, man, I'm sorry. Getting slapped in the face. Man, it's not that big of a deal. Should have happened. I agree. Oof. Should have happened. Room to be a bigger man there. Man, I've been kicked in the head. It's not getting slapped is not that big of a deal. I will Chris also Rock say grew up I in fucking... Brooklyn when it was scary. Like, it's not that big. In his show, he
2: gets mugged every day. Well, which is why Chris Rock doesn't appear to be pressing charges or anything like that. Like he's, I think he understands the situation. What I I think is worth noting is like, I don't fault Jada for being as tight as she was. Like as a black woman, I think her relationship with her hair and, and everything like that, like is, is something that's really, she was in a vulnerable position, mm. I think. And I don't think that Chris Rock should have, said the joke but uh, you should have cleared it with it first yeah and also but also objectively speaking I thought that that was very funny I thought the joke was funny not knowing that she had well I don't know I I I didn't guess she had alopecia because black women shave their head all the time I thought it was a style she was going for yeah it wasn't like a a, I don't know you wouldn't be able to look at her and I guess that's what like the commentary is saying like you can't look at somebody and like fucking judge if they have a medical condition or not like i do think that chris rock didn't know i don't think it was you know i don't think it was purposeful but i also think like he should be mindful of like you don't joke about a black woman's hair i think that's you know it's kind of what it is corwin you seem I'm to also, be huffing uh, and puffing over there I think, I think. <laughs> I, I, every time i speak i hear you go so i feel like that's like just corwin's saying. mode of gathering oh, his yeah. thoughts
1: yeah, no, Josh is very, are, that's the
0: sound oh, of the gears turning. <laughs> <Okay>.
1: <laughs> I am a steam engine at heart. Um, <laughs> just, I,
2: <laughs> <laughs> we can drop uh, this, by the way. I just, no, it's dying in. Well,
1: no, just uh, the, the only thing I, I really was going to add was like, I love that Chris Rock's reaction was like, dude, a fucking G.I. Jane joke. Seriously. Like this is
0: what this has come to. I made a joke about it. On Twitter yesterday, but it's funny that after Ridley Scott threw up his arms so much about not getting nominated for House of Gucci or The Last Duel, uh, the movie that he made, GI Jane, ends <laughs> up being the main source of, of of inspiration for a fight at the Oscars.
1: <laughs> Do you think he wrote that uh, joke for Chris Rock?
0: Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Ridley Scott was like, "Look, mate, you gotta you gotta get my GI Jane jokes." I must be at the Oscars. Uh,
2: But I'll I'll tell you one thing. I don't think Will Smith is going to have a front row seat to the Oscars anymore.
0: No. Well, he will. They'll just make him wear his gloves next time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And also like, I don't know. I guess you can't predict something like that happening, but like, was there no, I'm not saying I wanted Will Smith be carried out in fucking cuffs or anything, but like, was there any, type of security for a great show. or any type of, you know, it seemingly he just had complete access to the stage whenever he wanted it. I guess they were expecting as grown adults that you wouldn't violate that. But
0: oh, and let's be honest here. The Academy is going to sit back and say, we don't support this. This is bad. But they secretly, it. they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I hope this happens every fucking year. <laughs> oh, yeah, we love it. Do it again, you dumb bitch. <laughs> Like they loved this.
2: Well, do you think do you think they're going to take his Oscar? Because it's under review.
0: I would imagine that's why he put out that really stupid post that was like, I don't I don't support the things that I just did, but I also don't feel bad about <laughs> Uh I
1: don't think they will. I would love it if they did just for one, the memes and two, just like, uh, hey, let's just set the president precedent now that if you assault another, you know member of the academy whatever you want to call it at the award show you don't get to keep the oscar like that seems like a very simple and fair ruling of just like yeah let's let's keep our hands to ourselves here
2: which it also makes me so fucking mad that will did that because like (laughs) no pun intended it really is a slap in the face to everybody who worked on king richard like I can't the only thing that people are really like one of the main things that's trending right now and the people are really talking about is Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock and like it minimizes the the work that he did it minimizes his his Oscar and his work in the movie like it's just such poor judgment and his apology I thought was fucking bullshit I don't know I'm getting angry I mean
1: I I get everyone's talking about this it's not like there's any good
0: movies we could be talking about (laughs) Speaking of good movies, we could talk about uh, or the lack thereof. Oh, yeah, we have one category left, <laughs> and that is best picture. So best picture this year went to CODA um, for or went. Well, I guess I, I'll do it the other way. It uh, was awarded to the film CODA, the producers thereof. Uh, Philip Rousselet, Fabrici Gianfermi and Patrick Waxberger. Also nominated was uh, Laura Berwick, Kenneth Branagh, Becca. Kovacic and Tamar Thomas for Belfast, Adam McKay and Kevin J. Messick for Don't Look Up, uh, Teruh- Teruhisa Yamamoto for Drive My Car, uh, Mary P- Parent Denis Villeneuve uh, and Kale Boyder for Dune, Tim White, Trevor White and Will Smith for King Richard, Sarah Murphy, Adam Somner and Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Guillermo del Toro, J. Miles Dale and Bradley Cooper for Nightmare Alley. Jane Campion, Tanya Sagatchin, Emile Sherman, Ian Canning and Roger Frappier for Power of the Dog and Steven Spielberg and Christy McCosco Krieger for West Side Story. Uh, Cal, you love this goddamn movie so much. You go ahead and start.
2: Um, I did love it. I would not have picked it for this. um i i i i I really did love it but i i just don't think uh, compared to dune honestly compared to dune compared to (coughs) to, compared to most of these aside from fucking don't look up and and belfast um yeah best motion picture i i don't know i don't have much else to say
0: why do you feel as though you you loved it for best screenplay, but not for best picture. Where do you, where do you feel a gap between it and let's say let's say Dune?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna say.
0: Not, let's do Nightmare Alley. We talk about Dune a lot. What what's the gap there for you?
2: All right. So correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, but love best picture is encompassing like the story, the cinematography, all of this, all of this stuff. To that end, I think that there are just a few other movies in here that did that better than coda i mean kind of i do like coda a lot but like you were saying joshua like it really is kind of like a glorified disney channel movie um but i loved the story which is why i would i i'm glad it won best screenplay but that i just don't see it as a i as a contender really above movies like drive my car nightmare alley dune even licorice pizza to be quite honest with you um yeah i don't know i think it i think coda i was interested in the movie the whole time strictly for the story and nothing else the acting didn't really do it for me although troy Kotzer, was great um i don't know I like the story for what it tried to do. And I think it accomplished that. But as far as like the cinema, the cinematography didn't stand out to me. The, the, the acting, the cinematography, the acting, the sound editing or, or lack thereof. Um, yeah. It just didn't do it for me. Sorry. That wasn't very.
0: What would you have predicted and who would you have voted for? Let
2: me see. I think I would have predicted um, Dune um, but I would have honestly I think I would have voted for Nightmare Alley I thought that was wonderfully wonderfully done um, all around I think Nightmare Alley uh, which is interesting because I haven't heard you guys talk about that in any of the categories because it wasn't re- it wasn't really it was a, a standout contender in, in a lot of these nominations so <laughs> um, but yeah I think I would have gone with Nightmare Alley Corwin Heller
0: well, same question to you um boy
1: I, I definitely wouldn't have given this dakota um i think dune would have been my film i think the green knight would have been my number two and i'm so ashamed that that wasn't nominated um
0: what is the green knight yeah, a movie that's not nominated in any of these categories. So don't worry about it <laughs> um
1: yeah i don't i mean look i I did not like Coda. Uh, I didn't love really any of these movies um, outside of Dune, but I just, I don't know how you could look, kind of like Raquel said, at the complete body of work that was, you know, put together to create Coda and say, yes, that was the best top to bottom film out of these 10. It's just, there's just so much lacking there. To really make it something special outside of the feel good nature of it, whereas you look at doing, and uh, I don't know what aspect of it you could have done better, um, that it didn't already outproduce Coda, and um, yeah,
0: yeah, I uh, man, I don't get Coda here at all um, fucking in, in any way, because C- we also just just for acknowledgement sake, this is a very white category this year. Uh, it gets brought up every year, but this year especially is like, wow. Holy shit. This is a lot of white people on, on, on screen. There is one movie about black people, and there are three movies out of 10. That feature non-white actors. And one of them is only because it is from Japan. Um, so of the American-made films, it's just King Richard and West Side story. That's it. Ever licorice pizza. What Isn't about? that an
2: American-made
0: film? Yeah, that's all white people.
2: Oh, sorry. sorry. Oh kel. Sorry, sorry. You're not getting invited back next year.
0: I know, I don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> and Man, Coda just really sticks out as being the whitest of them all for me, which is one of the things I really think I'm, I'm struggling with here. Like the more I think about those the early scenes where the the uh, piano teacher, choir teacher is tr- having to teach them about how to sing with soul, the more uncomfortable it makes me not even the idea that like I got to teach these white kids how to sing with soul, but also like these white kids have clearly never purchased a Marvin Gaye album before in their lifetime. And it's like. So we're not only pretending like we have to teach these white kids how to have to sing with soul, but we're also writing off that they would ever have had an experience with black music outside of a classroom before in their entire goddamn life, which is again just a wild position to have to take. Um honestly, I'd have picked drive my car. I I think it felt like it was doing the most that I would ask of a best picture winner. It had a very unique story and a unique approach to a concept of a story that we're familiar with. Grief and anger and and, and love. The, you know the, we, we talked about it when we talked about the movie, but the conversation around I didn't want to tell my wife I knew she was cheating on me because I loved our relationship so much that I didn't want to ruin that. Like that's that's profound. And it's, you know, that's not what I was expecting when I saw that scene in the beginning of the movie. That's not what I was rooting for when I saw that scene in the beginning of the movie. And I loved that idea, even though it came back up, you know, two and a half hours later, I loved that idea. And and it being able to tie up all of the kind of concepts that it had laid bare for you earlier in the film. And you know, visually stunning. The performances were excellent. Uh, The woman whose name I forget that played the Korean deaf woman was wonderful. Uh, Everybody I thought was was fantastic. And especially its representation of international theater, I thought was very interesting. Uh, Whereas the rest of these, you know, Nightmare Alley, I thought was really solid. King Richard, I thought was really solid. Dune, I thought was was great. Uh, Everything else I thought was okay at best. This was a weak year. This was a very weak year. And I, I don't know if anybody's going to revisit Coda. And I think when you were talking best picture, and this is going to be a conversation we have every year when we talk about this. I think there has to be some consideration due to, is this going to be a movie we come back to over time? And I don't know why we would come back to Coda.
1: I certainly won't.
0: And it's part because, yeah, I don't think it's a very good movie, but it's also in part because feel-good movies, I don't want to say are a dime a dozen, but they they don't hold very well. There's a reason that we call them largely Hallmark movies because they usually get made for and then played on the Hallmark Channel. They're not real movies in the way that we think of film. This movie, Coda, has now won the same award that The Godfather has won. That's weird because one of those movies will be revisited constantly. And one of them will be a movie that you maybe pop on Apple TV Plus if it continues to exist 20 years from now. When you run out of things to watch in a never ending content cycle And uh, because you're up at three o'clock in the morning and you remember that it had some songs you like. That's not a good way to approach the longevity of the medium or how you want to uh, internalize it. And I don't want to put like the weight of the universe on this decision because we're talking about movies. It's not that serious, but it is annoying when you see a movie like this like Sleepless in Seattle doesn't deserve a best picture win either. And it's an infinitely better movie than this is that I think scratches a lot of the same itches, which is I want to feel good. I'm going to feel a little bit sad. We got to overcome some things here. I'm going to cry, but it, I I'll feel good at the end of it. And it's a better movie than Coda is, and it still doesn't deserve best, best picture because it's not, it's not that kind of a movie if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Cause I think that, um, please don't shove this microphone in my mouth. Thank you. Um, I think What's that when you think about, I, I don't know when I, I think you're right. Like when I think about the Oscars, I'm thinking about movies that are going to like, I don't know, withstand the test of time and like be classics that you revisit and stuff like that. And Coda just doesn't seem like that for me. Um, I don't know I think that if I think about it like that I could also see my my pick of Nightmare Alley being that movie of like okay this you know Guillermo is that how you say that Del Toro um, movie is you know super unique in what it's trying to do it's um, I know the cinematography is amazing it's a standout film like I could see that being revisited as like I don't know maybe not a classic that you're watching every year, but something a movie that you're definitely looking forward to. Coda, you know what you're signing up for. You know what you're getting. And in a hallmark fashion, like you you pull it up when you want to feel a very specific emotion. Whereas some of these other ones, I don't think fit that bill.
1: Corwin? Uh, man, I feel like I've got nothing else to say that I didn't already say. Um, All right. Yeah.
0: You don't gotta. All right, Good. well. I don't. That then wraps up our 2022 Oscars conversation. Uh, so we'll be back to regularly scheduled programming, which will be Corwin and I picking random movies and talking about them. Kelly, what are you laughing about?
2: <laughs> just your audience is going to be so happy when it's just the two of you again.
0: You will be sorely missed. Yeah. You'll make frequent guest appearances over the years, I'm sure. Oh, God. Um,
1: over the years
0: many seasons have we been <laughs> renewed for six seasons in a movie, buddy. Uh, all right. So to that effect, uh, Corwin Heller. Yeah. What movie do you want to watch for next week?
1: Um, as excited as I am to completely get the fuck out of 2021 movies. Uh, I'm going to pick a 2021 movie. Um, Pig.
0: Okay. Hmm. Kel and I actually just watched this the other day, so uh, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to, to oh, go. Oh, with Nicolas Cage. Yes.
1: Oh. Interesting. Do, you, do you two just want to do the podcast next week? I'll set this one up.
2: <laughs> no, thanks, Corwin. I pick, right now. pick the
1: movie. and just, you know, don't even watch it. <laughs> All
0: right. I'm going to go with the 1987 film Wings of Desire. Sure. Currently streaming on HBO Max. Uh, sure. Pig is on Hulu. Check him out before next time. Uh, anything else from our lovely guest host, Cal Grant? Anything like to plug before we skedaddle out of here?
2: Um, I have a podcast and some YouTube things, and I do bullshit. Cool mm. um, find me. On Instagram at the Real Kel Grant. Soon to be at the Real Kel Tracy. We gotta talk about that because I'm gonna have to change the right name soon. It's gonna be all fun. Um But yeah, thanks for having me guys, this was fun. I love chatting with you guys. I'm sorry I did not a, maybe aficionado. No, you did better than I usually do. Thanks.
0: Alright, well, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Big Screen Juice. If you like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Heller. If you can like follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juice at the big screen at gmail.com. And until next time, y'all have a good one.